Hey friends, and thank you for tuning in to the Occlusal Table, where we bridge dentistry with business, culture, and current events. I'm your host, Taylor Jackson, and if you like what you hear, be sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Occlusal Table Pod and share this episode with your friends, family, and colleagues. So for our Match Day series, we'll be ending it by receiving tips and strategies from the new dentist coach himself, who has helped tons of people match into the residency program of their choice. Let's get started. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm Dr. Darwin Hayes, the new dentist coach, uh, previous program director, GPR program director for uh, the second largest GPR program in the country at Bronx, Lebanon, up in Bronx, New York. Um, went to dental school at University of Maryland, but this is a second career for me. This is the second time I've had a uh, a change or a change in a, in a career path. I was an architect, went to un- undergrad and got a degree in architecture from the University of Virginia. Uh, worked for about three or four years in the D.C. area in construction management uh, and then actually changed careers due to a family member who's a dentist and his influence. Went back to school, took some classes at night, applied to University of Maryland, which was my first choice. Had some classmates undergrad that were there at the dental school, got in and the rest is history. Uh, after doing uh, four years at University of Maryland, I did a one year GPR program in New York at Bronx, Lebanon. And then I spent four years uh, after completing the residency, but spent four years as an Air Force dentist. I was a dental officer in the Air Force. Uh, I was stationed at Nellis Air Force Base uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada. Was uh, was there for two years. I spent a year in Korea, <laughs> uh, in Korea of all places. Actually, right before 9-11, I was... Uh, uh, was transitioned over to Korea uh, there for uh, not during 9-11 and then came back to the States and was stationed at the Pentagon in one of the uh, uh, the government's one and only, I think still, uh, tri-service health clinics at the Pentagon with Air Force, Navy, uh, and Army. And then after that, I went, I uh, got out of the, the military, went to practice a big cosmetic uh, practice in Houston, Texas, where I learned everything, uh, even to this day, that I still utilize uh, as a part-time practicing dentist about the how you run a business and how you form a team. And uh, during that time, uh, we were the that I was down in the, in the office in Houston. We were the number one producers of Invisalign uh, in the world for about two or three years, uh, but learned a lot about life after dental school, life after residency, and then more, more importantly, how dentistry is a business and how to run it and how to, how to form teams. So, uh, current, But now currently, fast forward all that time, uh, after being a program director for about 70 years, after going back to Bronx, Lebanon, uh, and actually after working in many different practice settings, private practice, corporate practice, um, I, again, was working with the, uh, the the GPR program, and uh, it was time for a shift. And that shift um, was due to a vacancy that the state of New Jersey had had for probably over 30 years uh, and not having a state dental director uh, and uh, interview for the position. And I've been doing that for the last three years in charge of oral health programming, 
uh, and uh, improving the quality of oral health for, all, for New Jersey's 9 million residents here. So that's what I still, that's what I'm doing currently, but I'm still involved in uh, things that I, I'm really passionate about, which is why we're talking about it today, which is helping uh, as many new dentists as possible uh, with their next steps in their careers. That is so awesome, Dr. Darwin. And I definitely appreciate you for being on the show. Um, so definitely coming from starting with uh, being an architect, then going in dentistry, then program director, and then now state dental director. That is awesome. That is an awesome dental journey. Um, so then with jumping into you being a previous program director, what led you to wanting to even go into academia um, in the first place, or why choose a GPR or an uh, over an AEGD? Right. So for me, well, first part of the question, you may have to uh, uh, re, uh, you may have to re-ask the question for the the second part. But for me, I think one of the things that I experienced, that I think many of us, and you may probably are probably experiencing now as a student, is that there are always some influential faculty members as part of your, your journey in dental school, right? Some may come early in your career. Some may come later as a D4 in your career. But there's always one or two faculty members that have an impact on you to the point where, you know, them helping you uh, allows you to realize the importance of getting help, receiving help, and the importance of how helping someone can make an impact on them, right? Things that they won't they won't forget. So I never forget uh, this ex uh, retired military professor that we had in clinic that was just very influential, very uh, receptive, very uh, helpful with me learning certain things clinically uh, during my D my D four year and that just resonated with me to the point where I understood the importance of having that connection with students and with faculty. Um, so that's one of the things, right? And then as far as making the decision to do a GPR, it actually happened <laughs> by mistake. I was initially, I had applied, uh, I had a list of schools to apply to. Um, and then I got accepted into the air force but guess what? I didn't pass one part of my boards. I think it was the, I don't know if it was the endo or if it was the, the crown or the bridge, something. And, you know, I just missed it by one. So I, I had to delay me going into the Air Force. But through networking and connections, I was able to secure a post-match position at Bronx Lebanon. So that was more or less the reason why doing, uh, I did a GPR versus an AGD. And I think initially also for me, I wanted to have more of a, uh, a comprehensive approach to dentistry related to medical history, right? And complicated medical history and being able to manage with competence um, those patients that have, that come to your office will come to the hospital with lots of medications, a lot of medical conditions, and just wanting to be in an environment where I was able to be trained uh, probably a little bit more uh, proficiently. Uh, and more comprehensively as well. Now, what's the second part? 
<laughs> oh, that was the second part. Okay. Okay. <laughs> With okay like good. why choosing like a GPR over an AEGD. So treating more patients, uh, more comprehensively, um, you know, with regards like the medical aspects and everything, um, for the entire patient. Yeah. And, and plus there's, there are, you know, two requirements specifically that differentiate a GPR program and the AGD program. And that's, and it involves being more interactive and, uh, more interdisciplinary wise, that's not a word, but I made it up. Uh, having more interactions with other disciplines outside of dentistry, more so those that you will actually get a consult from, whether it's internal medicine, emergency medicine, family medicine, uh, and just being having the segue to be able to interact with those other medical professionals that you rely on uh, to help manage uh, the patient. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, so then even with moving forward into you becoming the new dentist coach, uh, what led you to wanting to starting that brand, starting that business? Um, what exactly uh, are the services that you provide? What led you to wanting to create that? Well, the creation of the new dentist coach actually came through a program that I got accepted into with the ADA, and it was the Institute for Diversity and Learning. And as part of that one-year project, there is, um, I'm sorry, one-year program, there is a project that you have to do. And that project is uh, whatever interest that you have, whatever change that you're looking to be a part of, but also be instrumental in making things uh, move forward, move the needle forward, you can present it. And my thought was, all right, I'm going to create uh, a handbook on how, a handbook for a new dentists on how to navigate your time as you transition from D4 to residency and then the first five or 10 years of your career. Because unfortunately, as I was noticing as program director, uh, many of us as new graduates are still yearning and of need of help uh, and of information and know-how on how to navigate uh, the profession. And there's just not enough time in dental school. Uh, you may get a little bit more doing your residency, which is another reason why it's so important to do a residency. Uh, but still, there's a lot of still a lot of uh, gaps in that in, in that transition. So the new dentist coach was really birthed out of that program and out of that uh, uh, awareness that there was a need for for new dentists to get some more information, but also in a in a format that was more uh, consumable by by new dentists. Right. So it went from creating a, a guidebook to having a little bit more direct impact in meeting new dentists where they are, right? And where most of us are today are right here, right? <laughs> We're on the social media, whether it be uh, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. So the initial things that I did was YouTube, 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 because even in my own search, 
searches on different top topics within the profession or just overall, I was finding that that's where a lot of the information is, is being generated and being produced and being shared on YouTube. So from there, I developed ideas and thoughts about uh, having guests on the podcast and not only making it a podcast that you listen to, but also uh, a podcast that you, uh, a video cast that you watch. And, and that has morphed over the last, I guess it's been about five years now five or six years into uh, more of a video and audio uh, platform, sharing tips and strategies and, and, and also opportunities to work one-on-one with uh, new dentists and really sp- specifically helping them target their uh, specific goals that they're, that they're trying to achieve. Absolutely. And um, I know I've told you this before, but through seeing some of your videos that maybe came out a few years ago um, is how I got in touch with some of my mentors that I have today. So if it wasn't for those interviews that you did and you put them on YouTube, I would not have had the connections or the network or the community um, and support system that I have today with me transitioning into residency now. So it definitely, you know, um, helped me in my own personal dental journey. Um, So then as a previous program director, what was something that you looked for in uh, potential residents or in the applications specifically um, that you really like that's really stood out to you when it came down to selecting who got an interview and who did it? Yeah. So I will tell you, depending on the size of the program will dictate really um, how many interviews and uh, that you are going to open up the, the process to how many interviews um, that you're going to have. And also it's going to dictate um, your timelines as well. Right. Or basically based on your program and the mission and the purpose of the program will also dictate what you're looking for. Right. Cause all the, all the programs, even hospital programs, GPR programs, they're similar, meaning they have to follow the standards that are in the CODA accreditation, uh, but all of them do it differently, right? They have their own, they have the ability to have their own interpretation of how they satisfy and meet the standard uh, of accreditation standards. So for us at the time, as the second largest program, um, you know, we had a lot of positions, a lot of positions, meaning over 30. <laughs> so to fill those positions, you have to have a lot of interviews, right? Uh, when, especially when it comes down to match day. So we typically had, you know, had traditionally had uh, a need to have a lot of interviews. That means interviewing a lot of people. But one of the things that we always typically wanted to look for was you know, in your personal statement, sharing a story, right? It's key because guess what? As program directors, whether it's a five-person GPR program or 35 or 55 like Monty Ford, um, all of us are, watch- are looking at and reading essays. And guess what? It's cumbersome and tired. 
it's a tired, tiring process. So as we're going through those personal statements, we're looking for something that's going to differentiate you from the other four people or 34 people or 54 people that are writing essays as well. Um, in addition to that, we want people, and I think this is true for most programs, we want people that have done their due diligence and know the reason why they want to come to our program, not necessarily any GPR program, right? But more specifically, our program. And that means doing some due diligence, doing some research about the program, whether it's through uh, previous or current residents that are at the program or completed the program from their school, from other schools, uh, to finding out more information on the website, to coming to visit the program uh, and do a shadowing experience as well. And then most, I think also most importantly, uh, residents or candidates that have an action plan or, or at least have a plan of action that includes the residency that have a, a, a map as to what they're going to be doing in the next five years. Now, may not seem fair, but you know, may, everyone may not have, uh, have thought that through, especially after finishing dental school. You're like, let me get out. <laughs> Let me I'm get, feeling get on. that right now. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Let me get out so I can get on and get up out of here. But the best time to set your next set of goals is right before you finish the targets and the goals that you set previously. Right. So candidates that have an idea as to what they're going to be doing, what they want to do, and then I'm sorry, last one is candidates that want to be at our program. Right. Again, and not just be at any program, but they know the reason why they want to be at our, uh, at our program and, and being able to communicate that with confidence and certainty. Absolutely. Yeah, that it makes it more of a personable experience when that person applies to your school or talks with the residents or talks with program directors saying, I really want to be here. Versus right. just saying, I'll be happy anywhere that I land. And, you know, it, it makes it a little bit more special um, when selecting the resident, uh, if they are passionate about being there at that specific program. So and, then, and, and it's key because, you know, in any given, depending on the program, whether it's a GPR, you stay one year or two years, or even a specialty program, you're going to be there for another 365 days. Oh, yeah. or, in, or in some cases, 730 days. Uh, and just like dental school, that could be a long time, right? It is. <laughs> it definitely can be. <laughs> so then as the new dentist coach, any tips that you can give to dental students that are in the um, application process now uh, that can help uh, aid them in becoming successful in choosing their top program? Yeah, uh, great question. Um, you have to start early. How early is early depends on your plan. For those of you that are considering residency programs and specialty areas, it actually starts your planning. Your early planning starts D1, D1 year. And I say this all the time. We all started with a 4.0. First day of dental school. Your job is to maintain your 
especially if you are considering spe- specializing, right? Uh, endo, pedo, ortho, or surgery, perio, uh, but more traditionally ortho, pedo, and now or surgery, where there's a lot of emphasis as part of the holistic candidacy for residency that's placed on class rank and GPA. Even if you're at a school that is pass fail, all right? Um, Even more important if you're at a a school pass fail starting early because you want to start to develop your candidacy through networking, um, through some of the clubs um, and some of the organizations. There may be a pedo club, maybe an ortho club, maybe a perio club maybe an oral surgery club, that you tap into those upperclassmen. Yes, your D1 year and your D2 year so that you can see what the landscape is. Uh, And that's going to help you as you transition through the year, but also as you continue to develop your candidacy. Because once you get to D4 year, you start to, you know, start the application process of actually pushing the button and sending your applic your past application, you know, it's not too you can't go backwards and try to steal time to to do the things that you maybe should have done D1 or D2 years. So starting early is very, very key. Second is again connecting with other dental students or other graduates of your same school that are in residency positions now and getting the opportunity to network with them and understand their process. Um, I think, and I think that's been the success of the new dentist coach podcast show that we have in a sense that we are constantly talking to students that have matched and have talked and they share their journey, just like you shared your journey, Taylor, uh, about getting into uh, residency programs and, and what you did. And, even though, even though there are a lot of stories, it's important to understand that everyone's story may be similar, but it's also something different. And that is why it's important to watch those videos to understand and make those connections um, with the students that have just gone through it and just listening to their tips and their strategies and then eventually connecting with them. It's a, it's a process. It's a process, but starting early, getting involved, uh, and kind of having an idea as to what you want to do, the earlier, the better. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Dr. Darwin. Um, and just like what you said, we have resources literally right at our fingertips. You know, if uh, looking on YouTube, looking on podcasts, looking on Instagram, yep. even, and just seeing who matched where and connecting with them. Um Anytime that I connected with someone uh, via YouTube or um, Instagram or through a podcast or anything like that, no one has turned me down yet. So so, um, everyone is always willing to help uh, because they know what it's like to be in your shoes. So definitely use um, people as resources, form that connection and form that community um, when moving forward with your application. So then what about tips for the interview? Um, I know that that's the, a really big step. So it's like, they like what they see on paper. Now, how can we wow them with interviews? Yeah. Well, again, it goes back to doing your research and knowing what the mission and the purpose of the program 
that you're applying to, and in many cases, the programs that you're applying to. Um, you may get in or may apply to, you know, 10 pedo programs. And again, there's going to be some similarities, but there's definitely going to be some differences. There's going to be differences specifically in the residents, um, uh, the faculty and their backgrounds. All that information is important. Um, knowing where the residents are coming from, their schools and their background. All of that is information that you need to know in preparation for your interview. But you also got to practice, right? It's just like uh, like we talked about previously. It's just like that first crown prep that we all do. It's like, woo. Got to practice. Got to oh practice. <laughs> but it's like you do one, you do another one, but it may not be until like the 50th one that you're like, zip, 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 boom, boom, yep. Clever, it's got my line angles, yep. Clearance, boom. But it's from practice, right? Repetition, 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 repetition. Um, so it's the same thing with your interview process because that's the next step. You're putting all of your information together. You're putting your candidacy together via CV, via personal statement, uh, uh, and some other things so that you can get to the next step. The next step is the interview. But also the interview is the last step before you match. Right or get selected to the program. So that interview, even even though it's it's a it's part of the process, it's probably the most important part. And you want to be prepared for that. You want to be uh, confident, and but also communicate your reasons why you. Right, because at the end of the day, the residency program is selecting individuals, um, and every individual is different. And they're looking for people that not only that they can interact with and that have the, the grit, the determination, that have a story, but they're also interested in you as an individual because you will be uh, your person that's going to be training as a resident in that discipline. So, And they're going to be interacting with you for over 365 days. So they want the person. They want to know more about the person. And many of the programs will have different interview questions that allow them to gauge um, uh, who you are. But also as a candidate, it's important for the interview that you have a list of questions, right? Uh, there's no such thing as a stupid question, but if you don't ask a question, that's stupid. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> you have to ask, you have to have questions. Right. You have to have skin in the game. You have to not only so that you're demonstrating your interest. Uh, in the program. Um, and but also to show them that you don't know everything. So that's why you're asking questions. But there's a way of asking questions. There's a way of making sure that you communicate your candidacy, your interest. Um, and there's a way of making sure that you are leaving. that interview with no reasons that give them, you're, you don't want to give them any reasons why they say no. That's your goal. That's your job at the interview. And, and one of the things uh, that, that we do for some one-on-one -on -one coaching with, interview, uh, with individuals and candidates is, you know, we have uh, three or four sessions where we go over the importance of interviewing, some mock interviews, some mock questions, some mock scenarios, how you look on screen, 
things that you should be doing even before you have the virtual or in-person uh, interview, things that you must do that many people don't do at the end of the interview, before you close out, how to close out the interview, how to uh, follow up with the interview, how to get ready for your match day, put your, your rank list together, what to do after you, you, you've uh, submitted your rank list, so on and so forth. So it's a process uh, uh, that, that many take for granted just because they just don't know how important the interview is as well. So then with going from the uh, side of the hat of dentistry that you wear to all the other personal hats that you wear from, oh my God. yeah, I know. <laughs> how do you maintain work-life balance if you can, or is it just, you have to kind of just allocate certain times in certain places, or is there a routine? Like, how do you do it all? I know some people ask me <laughs> and, you know, sometimes I just, it, some things fumble. Some things have to fumble sometimes, but, yeah, um, yeah. but how do you, you know, manage, uh, your time or keeping a nice organized schedule, um, with all the hats that you wear? Right. Right. So you got to keep in mind, life is fluid, right? Our bodies are fluid, yep. with, the blood, <laughs> with blood that goes from head to toe from, uh, uh, the consumption and the excretion of fluids, water, everything, right? So it's the same thing with things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis. You have to stay fluid. Uh, as it relates to work-life ba- balance, I heard this, this person say this uh, uh, on a podcast I was watching and following, and they asked the same question about balance. And I thought his answer was very, very um, interesting because I feel the same way, which is, there is no such thing as work-life balance, right? I think I heard that same thing too. <laughs> yeah. Here's work, here's life. So if you're trying to balance, that means you got to give up one of them to do the other one and vice versa, right? So the trick is just do it all. <laughs> do it all. And so try not I, to burn out. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, you know, that's another thing, you know, burn out. I mean, we're not a candle, but we get the analogy. Um, but to make sure that you do it all is you got to manage the 24 hours in a day. Right. Uh, and that's, that's where the discipline comes in. We as dentists, as dental students, we are very disciplined. Not only have we given up, uh, uh, an additional four or five years. And if you're doing a residency, especially like oral surgery, you've given up eight years or maybe 10 years now have we given up that time where we could be in our careers making money providing for our families doing the things that we want and we have on our list um we've given up that time so we're very disciplined right but the same thing happens when it relates to uh, as it relates to our goals and the things that we want to accomplish so we have you have to be able to be disciplined and manage the time Every, all of us get 24 hours, 24, 20, 24 hours in the day. It's what you do from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep that differentiates those that are successful or are able to achieve their goals. And part of that is you also have to leverage your time, meaning not only do things by yourself, but have people that help you and you leverage their time 
so that you're able to do other things that you want to accomplish, right? So that's why it's important to have a team, whether it's in the office, having multiple doctors working, or just Team Taylor, Team Dr. Darwin, whatever, having uh, people that are helping you achieve your goals and leveraging their time so that you can get more things done related to uh, what you want to get done as well. So I, I think that's key and uh, making sure that you, uh, you know, time management, but don't let time manage you. You manage the time and being intentional and blocking off uh, and focusing on tasks and things that you want to get done, but also being intentional and being focused on what it is that you are trying to get done that day, right? Uh, in addition to uh, eating right and getting sleep and working out, uh, all those things and family time and friend time and all of that. So it's a, it's a full, life is a full-time job. Life is a full-time job. <laughs> it's a full-time job. So I, I don't think it's balance. It's, 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 uh, it's actually bigger than balance. It's just managing and allocating, being intentional with the 24 hours on the day that you do it. And you do it one day at a time. I think that's key. What can I, what can I do today that gets me further towards achieving my goal or the goals that I have? And you just give it all you got one day at a time. That's it. One day at a time. That's all that we can do. (laughs) That's it. That's it. So then what about um, any advice for young dentists, whether it's someone who's a fourth year that's going straight into the workforce or someone who's graduating from residency? Um, I know it might be a loaded question and probably have to do another podcast episode about that. But any advice that you would give to a young dentist um, who's about to go out there and start practicing? Yeah, I I think it's key that as a young dentist, uh, new dentist, that you network, right? Uh, And be open to new opportunities. It's all, the answer is always going to be no if you don't ask or you don't jump in, right? But as part of being intentional is also making sure that you're networking and surround yourself with people that are doing what you want to do or have done what you want to do. And that may mean separating yourself from others that are not on that same intentional path. And that's okay. You know, uh, it's not, sometimes it's not about being liked and admired or, or doing what everybody else is doing. Sometimes you have to, to, to get to where you're going, which is a straight line. Sometimes you got to circumvent and go around go around what others uh, typically are doing. So I think networking is so important. And again, you know, now, I mean, 20, 30 years ago, well, I'm going to say 20, 20 years ago when I was going into dental school, you know, we didn't have this mode of communication uh, the way that it's being utilized now. Uh, new dentists today have the ability to talk to anyone on this planet at any time and travel anywhere and get to anywhere and and learn about different things that are on YouTube uh, informational wise that you can, uh, that'll help you uh, expand your career. So part of that is, is um, doing it all right. 
the advice, do it all, do as much and, and everything, right? Because even though you may feel like, oh, I didn't learn too much about this or I failed at that. No, it's not really a fail. A failure is really a lesson, right? At some point, it's about your journey to getting to your end goal. The end goal is fine, but guess what? If you don't have a new goal set up, <laughs> talk about being depressed and feeling like, what am I doing? Uh, that's why you have to be intentional in, in the things that you do. So that, that, that end goal is now the beginning to a new goal, right? So explore everything, travel, go everywhere, travel, make time for your own mental health, your personal health as well. Meaning just having time to sit down somewhere in the corner and just reassess what just happened the last week, what just happened today, what happened last month, what happened uh, last year. Make time for yourself to reassess and evaluate where you're at and where you're going. That's, that's so very important um, for you as a, as a new dentist and as an individual as well. Um, there you go. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Darwin, um, again, uh, for being on the show today. Any closing remarks? Uh, where can people find you? Instagram, email, YouTube, blogs, websites. Yeah. How can people get in contact with you? Best way to get in contact with me is uh, through YouTube, YouTube page, YouTube channel, Dr. Darwin Speaks. Uh, also on Instagram. And um, we have uh, two Instagram pages. One specifically for dental residency is dental residency underscore HQ, which is dental residency headquarters. That's on Instagram. We're getting ready to launch uh, a program with regards to that. And then also on Instagram, the new dentist coach, the underscore new dentist underscore coach uh, on Instagram. And then you can also send me an email at new dentist coach at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys. Uh, I get inquiries all the time, pre-dental students, high school students, uh, dentists that are in. I just got an email this morning from, I got to get back to uh, a, a, a dentist that's an, who's training in oral surgery and he's in Nepal. Uh, someone else reached out to me from uh, Nigeria earlier this week. And, you know, we get a chance, I get a chance to speak to um, new dentists all over the, all over the world and, and hopefully uh, be able to travel and see and meet some of these people face to face, and in addition to expanding uh, that connection virtually as well. So um, those are the best ways to get in contact with me. And remember, last thing: there's no such thing as a stupid question, right? The smartest individual, the smartest dentist, smartest new dentist uh, in the world is one that asks a question, but more importantly ask for help. Ask for help. So we all need help uh, all throughout our careers. So ask for help. Well, thank you so much again, Dr. Darwin, uh, yes. for being on the show. Uh, I know we've We've only met virtually a few times, but, I, you know, you're definitely a mentor to me, um, awesome. you know, uh, so I really appreciate the relationship that we do have from these past 
year or so. Um, I, I really do appreciate it. Um, but that's all that we have for today. Uh, so thank you for sitting with us at the table. And remember to stay flossing and keep flossing. Bye, guys.